the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. What's up with Christy Noam? Up until this week, she was a superstar and being mentioned very seriously uh, and very widely, actually, as a uh, possible presidential candidate in 2024. And as I'm sure you know, she is the governor of South Dakota, and everybody has loved the way she's handled the COVID-19 hysteria. She kept the state open. She was okay with crowded events like rodeos and Fourth of July celebrations. There was never any mask mandate. Uh, she talked about letting the people decide and trusting them and uh, allowing uh, freedom to, to uh, exist for all the people there. But on Monday, she surprised and disappointed a lot of people. She announced that she would not be signing the bill that she had been pushing so hard to protect females in South Dakota from having to compete in sports against males, also known as uh, transgender females. She wanted to change it from um, from protecting females in K-12 through in college to just K-12. through And the reason she gave was that she believed, after she said she spoke to her legal advisors, that the NCAA would challenge the law and so would the ACLU and that she would have a tough time defending the law in court. Uh, Tucker Carlson really went after her on his show Monday night and accused her of caving because of money that the state would lose if the NCAA were to cancel tournaments. Alliance Defending Freedom uh, has been uh, working on this uh, issue for a long time. They also criticized her and so did conservative commentators all around the country and all over the Internet. Joy Pullman at the Federalist really ripped her for caving and saying that she's helping leftists control the culture. She really, really ripped her. I criticized her, uh, meaning uh, uh, Noam, I criticized here also. But uh, Christy Noam's not backing down. She says she's going to form a coalition of states to pass similar laws that would prevent the NCAA from cherry-picking states like South Dakota and pulling events out of there, like tournaments, that kind of thing. So I really don't know what to think. Uh, I was really disappointed at first, but I've seen some good arguments made in her defense. And speaking of defense, uh, when we come back, I'm going to ask the senior counsel for Alliance Defending Freedom if he's buying her defense. And by the way, in our second half hour, we're going to talk about how you can expect your government to take what it learned from COVID-19 to use climate change to make you obey. Stick around. My name is Namrita Singh Gujral. I am a filmmaker and an immigrant. My film, America's Forgotten, uncovers the unintended consequences of a broken immigration system. The seven-year-old girl died in the desert. This child came from the country of India. I'm living in Tachara. I can go to the police. I never expected this journey would lead me to a truth that I never intended to find. A great pillar of the community was killed by a man who had been deported at least twice. The public would be outraged if they knew the truth. 
I found how much Americans are being lied to regarding our immigration policies at the border. My friends, my industry, even my family all rallied against the final message of this film. All credits had to be hidden for fear of retribution. If you care about the future of America, you should watch America's Forgotten. For additional savings, enter promo code Pittsburgh at checkout at SalemNow.com. A heart attack? He was 47. What about Janice and the kids? Do they have life insurance? No. Call Select Quote now and get the insurance your family needs at a price you can afford. In minutes, Select Quote found John, 45, in excellent health, a $500,000 policy for only $29 a month. And his wife, Anne, 43, in excellent health, a $500,000 policy for only $21 a month. At Select Quote, we comparison shop some of the most trusted insurance companies in America to find you the best rate in minutes. And it's free. For your free quote, call 1-800-644-1331. That's 1-800-644-1331. Or go to selectquote.com. That's 1-800-644-1331. Select quote. We shop. You save. Get full details on the example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your premium could vary depending on your health, issuing company, and other factors. Not available in all states. Have you heard? Rodents are taking over. According to various news articles, recent COVID-19-related disruptions have caused abnormal behaviour in rodents, making them become more aggressive. Don't let your home or business be invaded with a disease-carrying rodent infestation. Keep them away with Plug-In Pest-Free. G'day, I'm Scott from Plug-In Pest-Free. Using the active wiring in your home or business, Plug-in Pestfree goes to work keeping rodents and pests away the more humane way without using toxic poisons or other harsh pesticides. Just plug it in. It's that simple. Now that's fair income. Stop the infestation and order yours today at gopestfree.com and receive a free hand sanitizer pen with every order using promo code PEN. That's gopestfree.com, promo code P-E-N. Go pestfree.com promo code PEN. Don't spray and regret. Plug in and forget. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack. Sure, you can post your job to some job board, but then all you can do is hope the right person comes along, which is why you should try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash free. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. Its powerful technology identifies people with the right experience and actively invites them to apply to your job. You get qualified candidates fast. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you what you're looking for. The needle in the haystack. Four out of five employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. ZipRecruiter. The smartest way to hire. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free. ZipRecruiter.com slash free. You're listening to The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250. The answer. Well, I might have been Christy Noem's biggest fan. Uh, I refer to her here as a superstar many times on this show. I admired her guts, uh, common sense, uh, loved her conservative policies, but she disappointed me and a lot of conservatives around the country when she decided uh, not to sign a bill that prevents males in South Dakota from competing against females in sports. 
Alliance Defending Freedom has been doing a lot of work on this issue. And Matt Sharp is senior counsel for ADF, and he joins us now. Matt, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. So um, how surprised were you when she decided not to sign this bill? Well, very surprised. The the day the bill passed the legislature, uh, she sent out a very enthusiastic tweet saying on International Women's Day she was excited to sign this bill. Um, and I think there's a lot of momentum. She would have joined Idaho and Mississippi as other states that have already done this. And so we were very shocked and, and saddened to see her start to walk that back and ultimately uh, decline to sign this bill and do this veto of important protections for girls in South Dakota. Now, she wanted to limit the law to protecting girls in K-12 through after uh, being very much in favor of the law that protected them all the way through college. But she says that she believes the NCAA will put up a legal challenge that her legal advisors have told her she won't win. Do you disagree with her advisors? I, I do, strongly so. And we can have a real-world example of that. Idaho passed an almost identical law a year ago, and since then there's been no NCAA boycotts or anything like that. The state's doing great. Its sports teams are being able to fully participate. Same thing with Mississippi, that it passed the law earlier this year and has had no repercussions. And at the end of the day, NCAA doesn't get to decide what's best for South Dakota girls. That responsibility belongs with the legislature, their, their enacted representatives, and we would have hoped Governor Nome would have stood up and stood firm to make sure that every South Dakota girl from kindergarten to college is protected. Um, so she, she claims that she, she thinks that the NCAA would uh, ultimately make it tough for women and girls in South Dakota to compete because maybe their the schools would be declared ineligible. They they wouldn't be allowed to compete in a tournament, that kind of thing. <clears throat> you don't think that's a that, that's a strong argument. That's not going to you don't buy that. Not at all. Uh, again, nothing has happened in Idaho or Mississippi uh, where their teams are fully eligible to play. And let's not forget there are many religious colleges across the country that are NCAA members that have these internal policies, and they're all allowed to play. And the reason is the NCAA's policy itself allows laws like this. It allows states to decide for themselves whether they're not going to allow guys that identify as girls to plan girls' teams. So not only is, is HB 1217 consistent with Title IX, or excuse, excuse me, consistent with the NCAA's policy, um, but we've seen in practice how this has not had any of the repercussions that Governor Nome talks about. Um, now, I have to admit that after criticizing her, I'm beginning to think that taking the long-haul approach makes sense. Um, why not try to preempt the NCAA challenges by getting multiple states to sign on she calls it defend Title IX now. Is, is that just a, a, an empty act that's not going to go anywhere? Theater. Well, yeah, th there's already states doing this. Like I said, we, we've got Idaho, Mississippi, um, attorneys general from 14 states all signed a federal court brief supporting Idaho's bill. And there's about 20 states that are all looking at legislation like uh, South Dakota's. So there's an already a coalition there, and I would love nothing more than for Governor Nome to sign this bill and join these efforts because there are athletes and legal organizations like ADF, governors and others across the country that are already 
ready to stand against the NCAA, ready to stand for fairness in women's sports. That's why it's so troubling to see Governor Nome undermine a lot of those efforts and, and not be willing to stand firm and stand with us to support this legislation. Um, <clears throat> as, as a member of ADF, uh, Alliance Defending Freedom, was your organization working at all with her, with uh, the formulation of this law, or with uh, in, in any discussions with her about this prior to her saying she wasn't going to sign it? Yeah, so, you know, we, we have been involved um, in the litigation over this issue, representing athletes in Connecticut and Idaho, and we have been right. working with several state legislators as well. Um, and my understanding from the sponsors of this bill is that there had always been an invitation for Governor Nome to contribute, to speak up, um, and, and that's, I think that was sort of the shock of it is to go from the day the bill passes, Governor Nome expressing excitement about this bill to then walking it back when she started facing pressure from big business, Amazon, and the NCAA. So uh, she's done a really good job of uh, presenting herself, and not just with what she says, but with her actions uh, all through the COVID-19 hysteria, that she's, but she's willing to stand up to the media. She's willing to stand up to liberals. Um, what do you think, what, what, is the, what was the the uh, thing that that caused her to back down all of a sudden in South Dakota was was it the Chamber of Commerce? Uh, what, what was it? Or do you, I mean, yeah. or, or do you believe her when she says she's doing this on principle, or do you think she's being disingenuous? Yeah, I, you know, I, I obviously don't know her her ultimate motives and the things that's driving her, but I think um, it's clear when we're rolling back protections from, from college girls um, who, who really are facing some of the most intense challenges um, to yeah. guys coming in and dominating their sports. Um, I think it just shows you that there is um, being pressure being asserted, again, whether it's from the NCAA, big business, who those are, but it shows why it's so vital for college girls, including all other girls, to be protected and never be forced to lose a spot on the team or uh, a gold medal to a biological male. So if, if the original law had passed, um, would the NCAA have, have been able to at least try to prevent women in South Dakota from participating in college athletics if they thought that was the, the, the place to try it because it got a lot of publicity? Yeah. Again, this past a year ago in Idaho. Um, they yeah, but I mean, that, that maybe they... And... I, I guess what I'm asking you, Matt, is that since they've already gone through it in Idaho, maybe uh, I, I do you get the feeling that the NCAA has any interest in allowing this these kinds of laws to exist if they can prevent it? I guess what I'm saying is, you know, because yep. it worked in Idaho, does it mean that would that possibly mean that the NCAA would believe that it's time for them to make a stand? Well, again, their policy allows this. So the first thing that they would have to do is change their policy. And then they have to be enforce it neutrally, right? So they have to go after not just South Dakota, but Idaho, Mississippi, and all of the you know hundred plus religious schools that are members as well. And I think that shows mm -hmm. the NCAA knows that it can't force schools to violate girls' rights. It can't force states to enact laws that violate Title IX. And that's all this law was doing. This law was putting into place common sense protections that are consistent with Title IX guaranteeing girls a fair and level playing field. And I, I think the NCAA has to be very careful to start dictating what state laws must pass, what religious schools must do. Uh, and I think that's why, whether we're talking about Idaho or South Dakota, um, their policy 
doesn't prohibit it, and they have not shown uh, any effort to change it so far. Well, well now, <clears throat> does the original bill actually protect girls in K through 12? I mean, is it ACLU proof? Has it, uh, um, you know, the, 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 just setting aside the, the issue that uh, Christy Nome had with the NCAA. How do you like the bill well, otherwise, I mean, K through 12? Yeah, well, again, this bill is it's, it's similar to Idaho's that, that not only is Idaho and 14 other states standing with, um, but ADF is helping involved in that case well, uh, helping defend that case as well. And the reason is courts across the country have recognized there are biological differences between males and females, and it is permissible under our Constitution to have separate opportunities when the physical differences matter. Um, even the Supreme Court has recognized that. So I think this is a legally constitutionally sound bill that simply says because of the differences between guys and girls all we're saying is girls should have a fair and level playing field and never be forced to compete against a biological male we're trying to preserve those opportunities so that girls get the benefits of sports get a chance to compete get a chance to win and that is constitutionally sound and courts have upheld similar policies so would you call the idaho law would would it qualified as settled or is there still uh, are there still people trying to change that or fight that? Oh, uh, you know the, the ACLU and, and is suing over it. Um, it's it's on appeal to the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, um, where again there, there's strong legal support for the law because um, we know the ACLU opposes um, laws and policies like this. It opposes having fair and equal level playing field for girls in sports, um, and so it's not surprising that they sue over this and threaten. But at the end of the day, the Constitution stands firm that laws like this, policies like this, are permissible and ultimately in the best interest of girls in South Dakota and across the country. Well, uh, Christy Noam, uh, and we're talking now with uh, Matt Sharpie, Senior Counsel for Alliance Defending Freedom. Uh, Christy Noam, according to this story by Joy Pullman in the F- uh, Federalist today, she really goes after Noam <clears throat> um, and, and her, her reference to legal scholars that have, that have advised her, and she says, does Noam meet her chief of staff, Tony Venhusen, a lawyer who also sits on the board of the Sioux Falls Chamber of Commerce, which listed HB 1217, that's the bill we're talking about here, as a Tier 1 priority of the highest importance to oppose this legislative session. And the other guy, this is, as one of her top advisors, is someone named Matt McCauley, who's a lawyer and a lobbyist whose clients include Sanford Health, which owns Sanford Sports Complex, a Sioux Falls arena that hopes to lure NCAA tourneys, uh, tournaments. It would really be disappointing, Matt, uh, for someone who has impressed people as much as Christy Nome has to be that much uh, swayed by what I just described there uh, and, and then still to be out there trying to sell it as though she genuinely thinks that she's doing the right thing. And you, uh, It's... What does this, What does all that have to say about what she's doing? Well, I, I think from our perspective, you know, we're, we're focusing on the policy and what this means for girls, uh, and we say that mm-hmm. as an organization that is in courts with them. And, and our big concern is not providing meaningful protections for college girls, not providing them a, a, an ability to get legal relief, to, to get a court order telling a school to follow the law and preserve opportunities. And that's ultimately where we're standing on this: is we want to see a bill that is sound but that protects every girl kindergarten to college and that's that's why we've been speaking out on this and we 
more than anything, just hope Governor Nome would sign this legislation and send a clear message that girls in Idaho, even college girls, deserve a fair and level playing field. And that's, that's our focus on all of this. Uh, what kind of pressure, uh, uh, if any, can you bring to bear on her to reverse her decision not to sign it? Well, you know, again, you know, we're speaking out on this. Um, we're we're mm-hmm. offering to even help defend this law. We're not asking Governor Nome to, to sign a law and then be left alone. We want to stand with her on this, and we, we've offered that um, to just like we're helping in Idaho and helping in other places. Um, we believe in legislation like this. We believe in the constitutionality of standing for women athletes, and that's why if Governor Nome would sign this, we would be happy to stand with her, um, whatever legal challenges the ACLU or anyone else brings, because this is not just the right thing to do, but it's legally sound and consistent with Title IX. And how important was the South Dakota law to the movement uh, is her decision a major setback if this thing doesn't get passed? What's that do to the movement to yeah, I, you know, protect There girls? are, I think, about 20 states. Um, there's about 20 states that are working on legislation like this. And we would love to see Governor Nome join the other states that are considering this and even be a, a, a real leader position on this um, rather than caving to pressure from big business and NCAA and undermining uh, female opportunities in sports. Um, but we know other legislatures are very passionate about this issue and want to make sure that every girl is protected. And so we're hoping that they will um, continue to stand firm and um, have have a courage to see this law all the way through to the end. We're talking to Matt Sharp. He's the senior counsel for ADF, Alliance Defending Freedom. Uh, Matt, as long as I have you here and I have a couple minutes left, <clears throat> I didn't want to let you go without asking you about, uh, and this is not related to the Christy Nome thing, but uh, Jack Phillips, the baker in Colorado, who uh, I think most people are familiar with, he's back in court over his refusal now to bake a uh, transgender, a, a sexual transition cake. What's the latest on that, and where's that going, and when are they going to leave this guy alone? I know, you know, just I think within a month of Jack winning at the Supreme Court, he found himself being dragged back into court by a, a local attorney activist that was asking Jack to create a cake that was uh, pink on the inside, blue on the outside. This individual was a biological male that wanted to announce he was identifying as a woman. And just like Jack does with a lot of cakes that have expressive messages he disagrees with, Jack declined, but as always communicates, but I'm happy to always serve you and sell you anything in my store. Um, and yet Jack's been dragged into court. He had a Initial win there, and then is now in court a third time. And so this week he is uh, in court. Uh, we're hoping to get a, a win for him, and not just for him, but for other creative professionals like him across Colorado. All he's asking for is to be able to do his creative artwork through cakes in a manner consistent with his beliefs and values. Um, he serves everyone, but just doesn't want to be forced to create messages that conflict with those beliefs. What What is it that, uh, with the Supreme Court decision, that didn't prevent him from having to go through this again? I mean, wh- why didn't that settle this? Wh- did it, how are his rights any different with a transgender cake than they were with a gay wedding cake? Yeah, I think that's, that's part of our argument here is, uh, although the Supreme Court, it was focused on the, the religious hostility that the state of Colorado showed to Jack's beliefs, we think that hostility and, and that effort to censor his 
speech, to force him to create messages that violate his beliefs is just as powerful here. Uh, but unfortunately, through the legal process, sometimes it takes a time to get those legal victories. But we're going to continue to stand with Jack and creative professionals like him across the country because we do think everyone deserves the ability to live and work consistent with their deeply held beliefs. And what's to prevent Jack from just saying, okay, I'll make you a cake, and then making a really ugly cake? And just making it and saying, sorry, that's the best I can do. And if you don't like it, then, you know, don't pay for it. I'll see you later. Well, why can't he just? Well, yeah, I, I, mean, I think Jack takes deep pride in the work he does. And he, he wants to do good work for his customers. And so whoever walks into his shop, um, when he creates something for them, he wants it to be beautiful and celebratory. And all he's being asked to do is say, when I do that, just don't make faith, force me to create a message that violates my beliefs. And so even with all of these customers, with the same-sex couple and, and even this active attorney, he'd be happy to sell them other items in his shop, but just not ones with messages that he disagrees with. He doesn't want to be a, a sloppy creator. He wants to continue to create beautiful works of art through his cake design, but just not with messages that he disagrees with. Hey, Matt, thanks for being on, and uh, thanks for the work that uh, Alliance Defending Freedom does, and uh, I appreciate you helping us out on both of these issues. Thank you. Happy to be on. Thanks, John. Okay, and that's Matt Sharp, and we'll be right back. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. Missouri's Republican Attorney General for the U.S. Senate, Smith, has announced that he's making a bid for retiring U.S. Senator Roy Blunt's seat. Governor Ralph Northam is set to sign historic legislation abolishing the death penalty in Virginia. In modern times, that state second only to Texas in executions carried out. More than three months into the U.S. vaccination drive, many of the numbers paint an increasingly encouraging picture. Seventy percent of Americans 65 and older have received at least one dose of the vaccine, and COVID-19 deaths have dipped below 1,000 a day on average for the first time since November. Stocks gave up early gains and wound up lower on Wall Street. The Dow slipped three points. The Nasdaq plummeted 265 points today. This is SRN News. Excuse me, why don't you have life insurance yet? I've got diabetes, and I know the price will be through the roof for the pre-existing condition. Well, actually, SelectQuote makes it easy to get very affordable life insurance, even if you have a health issue. I'm listening. You'll get quotes from some of the country's most trusted carriers. Even with your diabetes, you can get around $250,000 in insurance for as little as a dollar a day. That would be amazing. <laughs> What's it called again? Select Quote. Just call or go to selectquote.com to get your free quote. Get the coverage you need at a price you can afford. Call 1-800-694-1010 or go to selectquote.com today. That's 1-800-694-1010 or selectquote.com. Select Quote. We shop. You save. Get full details on example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Monthly premiums vary based on health company and other factors. Not available in all states. Dennis Prager reflects on the past year. This uh, has been a very, very bad year. I don't think I've ever said that in my 35 years of broadcasting. It was a bad year. 
The virus is not the biggest reason it was a bad year. The response to the virus, the use of the virus, those are what really made it bad. The Dennis Prager Show, weekdays at noon, right before Sebastian Gorka at 3 on AM 1250. The Answer. Don't let pests haunt your home this winter. Get the help you need at boozebugstoppers.com. When bats and rodents move in, Boo and his Bug Stoppers team are ready to serve them an eviction notice. Get a free quote on your pest problem today with no long-term contracts and a 100% satisfaction guarantee to safely treat your problem until it's gone. When it comes to solving your pest problem, who are you going to call? Booze Bug Stoppers at boozebugstoppers.com. If you're a radio listener, one thing I'm certain of is that you're not tuning in to listen to me. So I'm sorry about the next 45 seconds. But we have specifically chose this station because we think we're similar and we'd love for you to see why our mortgage team might be a good fit for you or someone you care about. One, we've got a direct lender advantage. Our mortgage team is an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender. There's no middleman, which means... Our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions within its own walls, an advantage that often allows us to get you a better rate, saving you monthly and lifelong money. Two, our faith is a big deal to us, and we're open about that. If we seem like a fit for you, we'd love to talk. We are United Faith Mortgage. UnitedFaithMortgage.com. Nice. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Metal Park Road, Melbourne, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to animalistconsumeraccess.org. Corporate animalist number 1330. Ryan Rack, animalist number 65233. Equal housing lender. Licensed in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or radio.com. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. Still a slow go on the outbound Parkway East, although it's better than before. An accident cleared, but still really heavy from Boulevard of the Allies out to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel. Looks like about a 13-minute or so delay. On the inbound side, you will see some volume as you approach the Squirrel Hill Tunnel and from County Jail to the Fort Pitt Bridge. Parkway West, some congestion there inbound. Green Tree Road to the Fort Pitt Tunnel. There's also an accident to watch out for. This is on Hot Metal Street at Sydney Street. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer. Weather. Tonight will be partly cloudy and mild with a low of 52. Becoming cloudy and very warm tomorrow with spotty showers in the afternoon. Tomorrow will reach a high of 73. Tomorrow night, cloudy skies becoming windier and mild with rain tapering off low 57. Friday, winds gusting past 45 miles per hour. We'll see a shower in the area early in the morning with partial sunshine and a high of 59. With your back, you weather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. This is the John Stackerwald Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. Immigration and gun control are getting most of the attention lately. We still have the COVID-19 hysteria to deal with. It's going to be a while that goes away, which has meant not quite as much attention being paid to the end of the world being caused by man-made climate change. Mark Morano has been poking holes in that insanity for a long time. He has a new book out called Green Fraud. Why the Green New Deal is even worse than you think. And he joins us now. Mark, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. So, so was COVID-19 uh, just what the doctor ordered for climate change fanatics? It really was. I go in the book and I talk about how climate activists, Green New Deal architects, are jealous over the attention being paid 
to COVID. And they're jealous about the solution, the lockdowns. I have Al Gore. I have John Kerry. I have Greta Thunberg. I have UN officials. I have all these people basically praising uh, the attention in the lockdowns for lowering emissions. It, basically, the message is if, if we can shut down the world for a virus, we can do the same thing for climate. And what they're looking for, the climate activist base, they're excited because it lowered emissions. A good recession we had from the lockdowns lowered emissions. And that, therefore, that's what they've been seeking for decades in the climate movement. Planned recessions to fight global warming, the degrowth movement, and lockdowns achieved everything they've been achieving. And also, it, it's harmed airline travel, which is one of their big things going after. They, they don't like people flying, even though they themselves they, they are, they fly in private jets often. Yeah, right. Well, what should we expect, then, from governments, uh, including ours, I'm talking about the U.S., uh, as excuses for shutting down the economy and controlling people's lives. What's coming? Well, what's coming is we have Chuck Schumer, the New York senator, uh, urging President Biden about a month ago that we need to declare a national climate emergency. And that will set the stage to give Biden extraordinary presidential powers, much the same way blue state Democrat governors have had the viral powers from the virus emergency. And then that gives you the opportunity that you don't need no stinking democracy. You can bypass legislation. You just need to start acting. And on that note, President Biden, every agency of the Biden administration is a climate agency from the Department of Defense to state to transportation, interior. They're all putting climate front and center, along with his executive orders that are already going after American energy. So the Green New Deal is well underway. And now there's soundings that uh, AOC and Senator Markey are going to be talking about a legislative introduction of it as well. And um, I know it's not possible to, to know this for certain, but I always wonder how much of this uh, is. Are there any of these people who actually are really afraid that the world's going to end in 10 years if we don't listen to them <laughs> or listen to the people they listen to? Do they really believe that? Uh, no, I mean, the, the people power? saying it. Yeah, the people saying it don't believe it, whether it's John Kerry, Prince Charles, AOC. Uh, yeah, we've had some, I go back in the book and green fraud. I show that the first tipping point mentioned by academics was 1864. You heard that right. The 19th century, there was a warning of climatic excess if we don't change our ways. So people like wow. Prince Charles did a hundred month tipping point, counted it down to zero and then issued a new 45 year tipping point. So they don't actually believe it at all. But they use it as a tool, particularly frightens young people. And essentially, they fail to scare adults. So I devote an entire chapter to the indoctrination of, of fear, where Greta Thunberg actually says, I want you to be afraid, when in reality, we should want our kids to think and not be afraid. Yeah, no. <laughs> what, were they, uh, what were they expecting uh, people to stop doing in 1864 to help save the planet? What did they need? To, well, generally, what was going on? I mean, it was all it was all settlement, you know, you, you know, settlement of, of the United States and America, okay. Western settlement, any kind of deforestation. The idea is they were worried, but they actually used the phrase climatic excess. Um, and interestingly enough, the uh, the entire the United Nations has been involved in this as well. In, in 1989, they issued a 10 year climate tipping point, which expired. NASA has been involved. They issued, one NASA lead global warming scientist said there was four years 
of President Obama's four, first term. We had four years to solve the crisis before it'd be too late. My question in the book is when can we get, can we get that promise too late? Because once it's too late, we can accept our climate doom and we don't have to hear about solutions like the Green New Deal anymore. And party like it's 1999, baby. You know, That's the, right. the world's going to end anyway. Let's That's do whatever right. we want. Um, so uh, why is the, the Green New Deal even worse than I think, though? I mean, I think it's pretty bad. Well, it's worse you, because it goes at every aspect of your life. And because of the last year, I, I devote two chapters in there to the COVID climate connection. Climate is now piggybacking on the climate. COVID lockdowns are ostensibly temporary. Our climate lockdowns are going to be permanent. And there are actually academics openly calling to go from climate, COVID lockdowns to climate lockdowns. And here's the kicker. They're actually talking about adding climate change to death certificates. And that gives you a d daily climate death toll. It gives you yearly climate de death tolls. And Bill Gates is in on this, saying that the t death toll from climate change will far exceed anything from COVID or any other viruses. Climate is the big killer that we should be talking about. So they're talking about American Cancer Society. Cancer is going to be worse because of climate change. Department of Transportation under Obama did a study. Fatal car accidents are worse because of climate change. Al Gore is claiming every organ of the body is, is uh, going to be affected by climate change. So if you die of organ failure, cancer, or in a car accident, guess what? Climate change can be listed as cause of death. It's not that far-fetched. And we actually identify the academics. I show the, the proposal. I mean, this is real. It's happening. And this is the kind of stuff that jumps from academia into the halls of government with, with unbelievable. We saw how fast that happened in COVID, the Neil Ferguson climate model of doom and every government ran to lock themselves down, emulating China's videos. So it's not very far-fetched that we're going to see climate change death tolls very soon uh, on, on CNN. <laughs> oh, the running, running the crawl at the bottom of the screen, I guess. Um, Mark Morano <laughs> he, he, uh, is our guest. He's from climatedepot.com. His book is Green Fraud, Why the Green New Deal is Even Worse than you uh, think. And here's the thing about, you know, the difference between the, the, uh, the Green New Deal and the whole climate hysteria as opposed to the, the COVID-19 hysteria is. With the COVID-19, you could scare people, and they've done a good job of that, obviously. You can cheer, scare people in the short term. You can say that, listen, if you don't wear a mask, you're going to die. Uh, if you don't social, socially distance, you're going to die. Uh, I mean, it started with uh, when this began a year ago that if you got this disease, it was a death sentence. You were pretty much a dead person. You weren't, you know, you know everybody was going to die. <clears throat> but with climate change, uh, you know, they keep, as you said, they keep moving. And I mean, it was, for a while it was we have 10 years and 50 years ago we had 50 years and that's passed. So uh, it's that isn't that a big difference? I mean, how do they get away with being able to scare people enough to worry about something that really isn't going to happen in their lifetime, probably, unless they can sell the 10-year the routine that Sandy Cortez is out there peddling. Right. Well, they don't necessarily need the fear with climate change. They have... Uh, they're basically implementing this without our consent. In other words, it's behind the scenes. It's happening. I mean, the consent would be President Biden's president, so he has the mandate. But they're going full bore on this. And what they're leaving, we, President Trump left a legacy for the first time since Harry Truman was president in 1952, 
we had more energy exports and imports. America became the largest uh, producer of oil and gas in the world. We no longer needed to go to the Middle East to fight over oil. We didn't have to rely on Russia, Venezuela. We didn't have to rely on countries with horrible human rights. We were producing it in America. Biden comes in and literally flips all of that and is now restricting pipelines, mining, going after fracking, destroying what's left of the coal industry, which means we're now going to be reliant on foreign sources of oil again. And not only that, but the green mandates, we're going to be relying on Chinese rare earth minerals mined uh, in Africa. And Chinese companies have horrible environmental rights, horrible human rights. Uh, and we're traded, we've traded energy independence and dominance for dependence and mineral dependence and rare earth uh, dependence on China. So it is a horrible thing and they can do all of this without having necessarily a big brassy green uh, new deal that has to pass Congress. Um, and that's why they're so excited about the COVID lockdowns because they've conditioned Americans. I quote the UK House of Commons leader who says he was amazed at how, quote, compliant the public has been with COVID and it's time to move to these climate lockdowns. And you're right. I think there's going to be pushback. But by the time people realize it and start pushing back, their energy prices are going to the roof. We're already seeing gas prices. We're going to be seeing utilities go up. We're going to be seeing energy shortages. In the book, I show what's happened in Europe. They're already talking about rolling blackouts. You can't have power. You can only have power when it's available um, because of all their green mandates. You write that the Green New Deal has nothing to do with the climate or the environment. Um, does John Kerry actually, actually think that this has nothing to do with that? Well, first of all, two points on that. The, the architects of the Green New Deal admit it's not a climate thing. It's a change the whole economy thing. And we have activists, I quote Naomi Klein, who says, you know, capitalism and climate are, cannot coexist. So you've got to basically get rid of overthrow the capitalist free market system because they can't coexist. And then you read in the book about environmental justice, about, you know, ending airline travel, about destroying buildings, rebuilding, about free college for everyone. I mean, this is just a socialist utopian vision using a, a climate scare in order to pass it. In other words, you don't want people to actually debate it, examine it. They don't have time. We face a climate emergency. We only have X number of years left. We need to pass this immediately. And you're asking if John Kerry believes it. Well, he's got, you know, multiple homes. He flies in private jets. He doesn't live like he, like he believes we're having a climate emergency. But beyond that, he is in the book, and he's admitted multiple times, including again just about six weeks ago here in Washington, that even if we zero out our emissions in the United States, it will make no difference to global emissions because of the developing world. So whatever we're doing now is just virtue signaling because the developing world is not going to limit where one billion people don't have adequate running water and electricity. They're not going to limit their development and, and restrict fossil fuels. China's on a coal plant building rampage. India's uh, fossil fuel. Africa is facing rapid development at this point. So this is not something the developing world is going to do. So we're basically, it's about leveling the playing field. It's about redistributing wealth in the world. And the idea is the United States is going to be much more poor, much more in control, if you will. They're going to, they're going to control us through the throttling down our economy. And again, Axios, a mainstream news source this week had an article 
about the degrowth planned recession movement. That's, that's what the Green New Deal is. And that's where the COVID lockdowns were so successful. Government clamping down on the economy and then the environmental activists praising the result. It was like having the UN Paris Agreement. There's actually proposals out every other year if we can lock down the economy like we did last year. This last year, we can actually adhere to the UN Paris Agreement. We can solve global warming is what the people are claiming. What about the Great Reset Movement? Now, that's that's all part of this. And, uh, I mean, uh, up there in north, we have uh, Trudeau, who is he's just he's actually in the early days of the COVID thing. He said this is kind of a good opportunity for the Great Reset. He he, he, he liked what he was seeing. And he and he's a big he's a climate fanatic. Yes, I have a whole chapter in my book, and I actually quote Trudeau in it. This is about the World Economic Forum out of Davos, Switzerland. It's run by a man named Klaus Schwab. Klaus Schwab in June of 2020, in the height of the COVID hysteria and lockdowns, announced that this was the perfect time for a global reset of capitalism. Joe Biden picked up on it and called it Build Back Better. John Kerry actually uses the phrase Great Reset. Al Gore uses the phrase Great Reset. The Walmart CEO uses the phrase Great Reset. They've embraced this term. And the idea of it is we've seen what happened in 2020. The largest transfer of wealth from poor and middle class to the wealthy, to the billionaire class, the Facebooks, the Amazon, the Walmarts, all the big corporations boomed. Who was hurt the most? Mom and pop, small independent businesses crushed, destroyed, uh, shut down, obliterated. And this is what They've been achieving. In 1972, George McGovern ran for president calling for the universal income for every American. He lost, uh, you know, only won one state and lost 49 states, if I have that right. Um, It was one of the biggest landslides in presidential history. Well, his 1972 vision is now a reality. And even President Trump went along with it. The COVID stimulus is we already have people like AOC, the architect of the Green New Deal, pushing for monthly stimulus. We are at the point now where government policy bankrupts Americans throttles them down endlessly for a year plus and then the solution is to just send checks to americans to keep them compliant and obedient and that why would any politician who seeks this ever want that to end that's what we're facing now and the debt bombs we're facing so this is all part of the great reset throttle down capitalism transfer the wealth to the ruling class and then the great reset openly brags we will own nothing but you will be happy you will eat no more meat you'll be there promoting insect yeah. eating as a replacement this is where we are. And again, this is not some you know, right-wing conspiracy. In the book, I have not, almost 100 pages of footnotes. I put all the quotes in directly from World Economic Forum, from the Prince Charles's, from the John Kerry's who attend these meetings, the Hollywood celebrities. This is what they're seeking. They're looking for a compliant public that they can do good and manage every aspect of our lives. The Green New Deal is the perfect vehicle, but what was even better was the COVID lockdown. Uh, finishing up here with Mark Morano, his uh, his book is uh, Green Fraud, Why the Green New Deal is Even Worse Than You Think. i got about a minute left here, Mark. Um, how much damage can these lunatics who are now in charge, by the way, how much damage can they do in two or four years and how much of it will be permanent? i got about a minute left, maybe less. Well, we're at the point where they can do massive damage. Unlike when President Obama, we still had uh, you know a, a massive resistance through the media. We no longer have that. You can't even, you know, I can't even get my book is being threatened on Amazon. This book we're talking about now, climate activists are pressuring Amazon to pull it because Amazon is trying to be a global warming hero, and they're saying this is inconsistent, and Amazon is susceptible to that. We're seeing all of the censorship. So what can happen is President Biden come in and just wipe out everything Trump did. 
implement the Green New Deal bureaucratically. They may even be able to get it passed with both houses of Congress. And this is not something you can easily slough off because corporate America is now in total control of the woke activists. Even you know, oil companies now are just giving in and going along because they want to they want to cooperate and they don't even want to resist because Republicans have essentially failed to challenge most of this on Capitol Hill. Mark, I'm out of time. I appreciate you coming on. Good luck with the book, Green Fraud, Why the Green New Deal is Even Worse Than You Think. And I think it's pretty bad. <laughs> Thanks, Mark. <laughs> Thank you, John. Appreciate it. We'll be right back. From executive producer and my pillow founder Mike Lindell comes the hilarious new faith-based comedy Church People with a special guest appearance from Mike himself. Church People is a hilarious, heartwarming reminder that the gospel is enough. It all starts when America's youth pastor Guy Sides realizes he's stuck in the mega church marketing machine and wants to find his passion again. But when Guy attempts to get back to the heart of ministry, he is thrust into the throes of dis waiting his misguided church leadership from performing a strange and potentially blasphemous stunt for the upcoming Easter service while navigating his own personal problems. Church people will leave you laughing out loud while ultimately reminding you of the true meaning of the gospel. Watch Church People at SalemNow.com. That's SalemNow.com. Use the promo code Larry for additional savings. Some home repairs just can't wait for spring, especially a leaky roof or drafty old windows. Well, you can count on Windows R Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwald. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows R Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, windows, gutters, and downspouts, siding, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew, so don't put it off. Right now, Windows R Us offers 12 months no interest financing and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Get new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office. Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial, aluminum, wood, and composite. And to show their appreciation to stag fans everywhere, you'll also get 10% off your total project when you mention this show. Get 12 months, no interest, no processing fee, and 10% off. Backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. That's Windows R Us. Pittsburgh.com. Excuse me, why don't you have life insurance yet? I've got diabetes, and I know the price will be through the roof for the pre-existing condition. Well, actually, SelectQuo makes it easy to get very affordable life insurance, even if you have a health issue. I'm listening. You'll get quotes from some of the country's most trusted carriers. Even with your diabetes, you can get around $250,000 in insurance for as little as a dollar a day. That would be amazing. <laughs> What's it called again? Select Quote. Just call or go to selectquote.com to get your free quote. Get the coverage you need at a price you can afford. Call 1-800-694-1010 or go to selectquote.com today. That's 1-800-694-1010 or selectquote.com. Select Quote. We shop. You save. Get full details on example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Monthly premiums vary based on health company and other factors. Not available in all states. Warning. Listening to this program may expose you to toxic masculinity. The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250. The Answer. 
So I'm officially done with Christy Noem. Uh, I hate to say that. I really was a big fan of her. She probably didn't have a bigger fan than, than I in the, uh, in the country. But uh, some other stuff that came out of this piece by Joy Pullman. Uh, on July 13th, 2020, the Nome administration okayed placing male prisoners in women's prison if, prisons if the male claimed to be female. That was signed by Nome Secretary of Corrections. Uh, and also, um, she writes here, That's not if that's not bad enough, there's more. John Schwepp of the American Principles Project notes of the 2020 attempt to ban transgender child mutilation in South Dakota. Nome kept quiet on the bill publicly, but did, did quote, tell one media outlet that she had concerns. Uh, sources within the state have told my organization that she effectively killed it. That's what Joy Pullman writes. And then a state rep named Fred Deutsch said of that uh, bill, the bill had strong support in the House with a 46 to 23 majority, but the behind-the-scenes effort by Governor Noam to kill the bill combined with Senate capitulation put the final nail in the coffin. So um, I'm getting the feeling that um, I have the feeling. I'm officially in in, uh, possession of the feeling that Christy Noam talks a good game. Uh, but she uh, she's just another conservative Republican who caved and is gutless. Unless she changes her mind on this. Sorry, Christy, you lost me. Talk to you tomorrow. Bye. The John Staggerwald Show is a production of the Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group.